to learn. We're ready to dig into the Word of God today, and I'm excited about being here, y'all. Uh, I'm thankful that y'all are here, too. You know, you got a million choices where you want to go to church, and I really appreciate you making the choice to come and be with us. I, I've been thinking about how God's been working in our church, y'all, and uh, I'm going to tell you, each and every Sunday, there's brand new people showing up to God be the glory, great things He is doing, amen. And I want to go on and tell y'all, that in the first service this morning, we've already had one pray to receive Christ. Can we give God praise for that? What a blessing that is. And I'm expecting God to do a very special thing in this service today. Now, today I want to tell you we're starting a brand new journey today, and I'm excited about that. But I want to start off by getting you to write down something in your notes uh, that may not be in your bulletin. So go ahead and write this down. And if you agree with this, I want you to give me a big hearty amen, all right? So here it is. There is nothing more valuable in your life or my life than knowing Jesus. There is nothing more valuable in your life or my life than knowing Jesus. That is the most valuable thing that could happen to you in your life is that you're able to assuredly say, I know Jesus. He's, he's very special to me. He's personal to me. Thank God for that. And somebody well said one time, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to stand on this platform today. I told you before I'm a sinner. I, I, I'm no better than you are, but I do want you to know that I know Jesus is my Savior. Can I get a witness in the house today? How many of you are thankful that Jesus saved you from your sins and you're going to heaven one day? Can you give him praise for that? God is good, and I thank God for that today. So uh, we're starting a new series today, and the title of the series we're going to be talking about for the next four Sundays is called The Power of of his resurrection, the power of his resurrection. Now, I know that when you listen to that sermon series title, you're thinking, oh, Brother Jackie, I get that. You know, it's Easter's coming up, and it's one of those traditional kind of way we're going to celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus. Let me tell you something, guys. We don't just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on Easter at our church. We celebrate his resurrection every day of our life, and we thank God for that. So I do want to tell you that for the next four Sundays, guys, you don't want to miss church, and you want to bring every Everybody that you can bring uh, to be with us during that time. We're going to be talking about the power of his resurrection and how that power affects our life individually. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Philippians. And this is where we're going to begin today in the book of Philippians chapter 3. So go ahead and open your Bible up to the text that we're going to be looking at, the book of Philippians chapter 3. Now before we read that scripture, <clears throat> let me remind you, that when you study the book of Philippians, what this book is all about is the joy of the Lord. Uh, when you study the book of Philippians all the way through that, the great apostle Paul reminds us that we are to rejoice in the Lord. And Paul is so adamant about that that this is what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say what, church? Rejoice. So when you study the book of Philippians, you're studying the book of joy. Now, there's someone who has uh, came up with this, and you may want to remember this, that the acronym that is for joy is Jesus, others, 
others and then yourself. And you know what? I think that's probably true. The Bible says that you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. And then you are to love your neighbor as yourself. So when you love Jesus and you love others and you got yourself in line, how many of you realize you'll have the joy of the Lord? Amen. And so one of the things that Satan wants to rob from us is our joy. He doesn't want us to have the joy of the Lord. And, and when we think about that, I wish I'd have wrote down this great uh, description. I wish I'd have had it on the screen, but I didn't. So I'm just going to kind of say it to you, and that is this. What is joy? Well, joy is an inward fulfillment that is resident and evident in your life, listen, regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the circumstance. Now, let me tell you that again. Joy is the inward fulfillment that is resident and evident in your life regardless of life circumstances. Now, what does that mean? It means that you are to have the joy of the Lord regardless of what's going on, regardless whether you're on the mountaintop or if you're in the valley. Listen, the joy of the Lord is not what's going on out here, but the joy of the Lord, Lord is what's going on in here. In other words, no matter what's happening around your life, no matter all the chaos and confusion and the stuff that we deal with, how many of you realize greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world? And we are more than conquerors through him that loves us and gave himself for us. So this is what it means, that no matter if I'm on the mountaintop or I'm walking through the valley, and by the way, if you live long enough, you'll be in both places, amen. You'll be on the mountaintop and you'll be in the valley. So regardless of where you are, there is a resident joy in your heart that you're able to know that weeping may endure for a, for a night, but joy's going to come in the morning, amen? And we look at that and we begin to realize that what God wants to do in our life is God wants to produce that joy in our lives so that we, as, as believers, can be more than conquerors in our life. So today, I want to talk to you. I want us to journey together. So let's open our Bible to the book of Philippians chapter 3, and let's look there at verse number 10. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, when we talk about this verse, it has so much power in it, and we're going to discuss that. Paul says that I might, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and that because of that, the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable to his death. Now let's, let's go back there and think about this for a minute. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to know him. Now when you study the writings of the Apostle Paul, Paul the Apostle Paul kind of looked at life this way. When, he, when you begin to read the scriptures that precede verse number 10, he says, all these things that this world has to offer me, I count all these things dung. Uh, compared to what God has for me. Now, when you think about that, ladies and gentlemen, Paul says that whatever the world has to offer, it, it, is, it is absolutely nothing compared to what God has to offer. And he uses the term that the things of this world, when Paul acquired them, he says, man, it's like dumb. Now, now when I, I know y'all looking at me like, okay, Brother Jackie, really? Let me just tell you, all of y'all are from around here in Alabama, right? How many of y'all know what dung is? Do I have to explain that? If you know it, say, I know it, Brother Jackie. All right. So the fact of the matter is, Paul says, everything that this world could offer me, anything this world could offer me, the silver, the gold, the benefits, the good things, the, the prosperity, the success, the, the houses, the cars, the stuff, the things. He says, when I put that 
on the scale and I begin to measure it out, man, it's nothing compared to what God wants to do in my life. What God has for me. And what Paul is saying is, and I think all of you know this, that when you take the things of this world compared to eternity, the things of this world that so many people are trying to grab a hold of, what they don't realize is the things of this world slipping through your hands. The Bible says in this world you came with nothing, and guess what, guys? You're going to leave with nothing. The only thing that's going to matter is what God's doing in your life. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to kind of take a side trail for you for a minute. I'm going to tell you something. I see so many people that's putting their priorities in the things of the world. And, and they let the things of the world rob them of the blessings of God in their life. And they let the things of the world kind of interfere with what God wants to do. And, and I'm going to tell you, the devil's always dangling a carrot. He always wants to get your eyes off, off the go. He always wants to get you distracted and cause you to detour. And there's so many people that forfeit so many blessings because they ca the world captures them. Paul says, when I think about this, there's only one thing that will keep me from falling victim to that. i got to know him. i got to know him, and i got to know his power in my life. Can I get an amen? And I want to, I want to tell you something. You need to remember this. That ought to be the heart. That ought to be the pursuit of your heart, that you will know him. There, that, ought to be, that ought to be your priority as a person. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want him to birth something in me. I want him to do something in me that, that's going to propel me to another level of my life. So in the next few Sundays, we're going to talk about that. And, the, and we're going to spend the next few Sundays just discussing how do you know the Lord. And so next Sunday, we're going to be talking about sharing in his suffering, the power of suffering. And I'm just going to go and tell you, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that because if you're not suffering, you will someday. Amen? And you need to know how to suffer, and you need to know how to go through hard times. We're just crybabies, y'all. We're spoiled. We don't know how to have a hard day. Whenever things go wrong for us, we whine and cry and belly ache and give up on God. God, God doesn't want you to do that. When you're walking through the valley, man, he says, I'll be with you. And you don't need to give up when it's in a hard time. You need to hang on to God. Amen? And we want to learn how to suffer for him. And so we're going to be talking about next Sunday, the power of suffering. And then the next Sunday, we're going to talk about the power of shaping. The Bible says that God wants to make you conformable to his death. He wants to, to shape you. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the power of seeking him. And boy, you don't want to miss that. You want to bring all your heathen and friends to come to that one. Amen. Because we want to seek him. But today, I want to talk about the power of salvation. The power of salvation. How many of you realize this? If you don't have salvation, you're not going to know how to suffer through this world. You're, you're, you're not going to know how to get a victory when you're walking through a valley. You're not going to know how to deal with conflict in your life if you don't know salvation. You're not going to know what to do when God says, I'm going to have to chisel some junk off you to make you like me. You're not going to know what to do when, when you're looking at this world and you're seeking the wrong stuff. And so we got to all start off at point number one, and that is I want to know him in the power of his salvation. So I want you to open your Bible back to the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. And I want you all to just scream it out with me. Are you ready? We're just going to do that part right there. We're not going to do the rest of the part, but I want you to scream this out for me, okay? Here we go. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let's say it again, everybody. That I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection. Now do me a favor, circle the word no. The word no is an interesting word that Paul uses in the text. It is genoso, and it's a Greek word. And what that word means in, in its proper context is that we are, we are, our desire ought to be to know God. We've got to know God. Now, now listen to me closely. When you use the Greek word to describe what that is, so many of us don't understand what that means. What Paul is meaning is, and you may want to write this down, is it is intimacy. It's the, it's the word that we use between a husband and a wife, wife in their intimate relationships. That is, I want to know him. And the word is so rich and so valuable that he's saying what, what this word means is, is when you study your Bible... And you begin to look at when God describes a relationship between a husband and a wife. And he says, so-and-so knew his wife. And because he knew his wife, uh, they had a child. And the child's name was whatever it may be. And what God is saying to us is, I want to know you in an intimate way so that this relationship between you and I will produce something. And what it's going to produce is going to produce something that you cannot do by yourself. In other words, without me, you can't have a production of your life. You can, listen, without God, you cannot produce an offspring of what God wants to do in your life. And so many people try to do it by themselves. And folks, you can't do it by yourself. You cannot have victory by yourself. You can't be an overcomer by yourself. You can't get the blessings by yourself. You've got to have God in your life too. To bring something forth in your life, to birth something in your spiritual womb, so that when God and you connect, when God and you connect, there's going to be a miraculous conception in your spiritual womb that God produces, that you're going to be able to go, wow, to God. I'd be the glory because great things he's done. Not because of who I am, but because God's done something in me I could not do by myself. Can I give an amen? When I look at that, I think that all of us want that in our life. We want God to do something. But guys, watch this. You've got to know him. You've got to have that intimacy with him. You've got to say, God, I want to, I want to produce a wound to you. I want to produce a hunger for you. And God, if you'll just take that desire that I have for you, and God, if you will take that desire I have for you, and you will so graciously produce something in me that only you can do, then God, I'm going to give you the glory for it. Because watch this, God wants to birth something in you. God wants to birth something in you. And watch this, because we're going to be talking about it in the weeks to come. Sometimes God may make you suffer in order to give that birth. Sometimes God may cause you to die to some things so that he can birth something new in you. Sometimes God will cause you to stop seeking him in all the wrong places so he can do something in you. By the way, our God is not above taking something away from you to give something to you. Can I get an amen? He's not above that. God wants to do something in your life. And I'm just going to tell you, I wish I could just stop right here because I feel the Spirit of God just moving in my heart. There's somebody here, and I don't know who you are. God knows this is a rabbit trail. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to tell you something. You better listen to me. You've been running a long time. And right now, the Spirit of God is speaking to you because God's been wanting to birth something in you. And God wants to birth something in you you cannot, you cannot produce by yourself. And you've been afraid of it. You've been afraid of it. 
God wants to do something in you that you go, that you're going, oh my gosh, if I surrender everything, what's it going to do? I'm going to tell you, listen to Brother Jackie, you better surrender all to him. Because God, listen, God, I, I just feel God smiling right now going, we're right on, Brother Jackie. Preach it, preach it, Brother Jackie. Because I believe God is saying, you know what, I got somebody there today that I've been trying to tell them that. That I want, I want them to know me in such a way that they will give birth to something. And then when I, when I work in their life in that way, they're gonna, they're God, I'm going to be able to birth something in them that's going to be a miracle. And they're going to look back on their life and they're going to go, you know what, all this journey, all this stuff, all this junk, all this garbage was just something to distract me from what God wanted to do in my life. And I don't know who you are or where you're sitting. I don't know if you're at the River Campus or the Eden Campus or watching online, but I'm telling you God has spoke to me to tell you this, that God is after you so that he can produce something in a spiritual place, that he will give birth to something through you, that you're going to look back a year from now and go, man, I remember that day. I remember that day when God did that. And folks, I'm just telling you, we need that happening in our churches today, amen. I don't know about y'all, but I'm convinced we need God to birth something in our churches, amen. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of the cold, callous places. I want God to be doing something. I want God to do something that only he can get the glory for. I want our churches to get back to the place where we know him. Can I get an amen? How many of you want that in your churches today? Can we give God praise for that? Because I'm telling you. We are, way, we are way to the place that we've been trying to do it by ourselves. Oh, no, we don't need to do it by ourselves no more. We need God to do something in and through us. So the first thing I want us to look at today in this, the power of salvation, is the thought of knowing him. Point number one, know him. Know him. Know him. Everybody say that together. What? Know him. No, say it again. Know him. Know him. You've got to circle that. You want to know him. God wants you to know him. You've got to know him. You've got to come to that place that you are unshakable. You've got to come to that place that God has birthed something in you, that your womb is full of miracles, that God wants to do something in and through you, and you've got to know him. Now, when I studied this, I'm telling you, God began to move and work in my life. And I, when God gave me this, this series, The Power of His Resurrection, I was thinking, oh God, that's going to be so Eastery. And God said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm about to do something. So I'm just going to be obedient to Him. Is that alright with y'all? So I want to talk about what God showed me in knowing Him. The first thing I want you to write down is some people know Him vaguely. They just know Him vaguely. And there's a lot of people in the world today that know Him vaguely. They've heard about Jesus. I mean, they, they, they've, they've watched the History Channel. They kind of said, okay, I saw, a, I saw a, a program on the History Channel about this guy named Jesus, and you know what, I kind of know. I'm, I, yeah, I know about it. And they, they, they've heard his name, and they've watched some documentary or some History Channel thing. Or, or they may say things like this, yeah, I kind of know it. My grandmother talked about him. Uh, and maybe you're that person that you go, oh, I know him, but you only know him vaguely. You just know him because, you know what, he's some cultural character that's out there that you go, oh yeah, I know about him. And people walk up to you and they say something like this. Do you know Jesus? You go, yeah, I know him, but your life's not changed. You say, well, I know him. I know him, but, but, but you've got to realize this. Knowing him vaguely does not, does not save you. You've got to realize that that won't bring transformation to your life. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of people in the world today 
that know him vaguely, but that does not change their life. And I'm going to tell you, just because your grandmother knew him, just because you heard your family talk about him, just because you had friends that told you something about him, just because you watched something on TV about him, just because you went to the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and you, you watched that, just because you did all that stuff, just because you've studied him religion, that does not mean that you know him. You may know him vaguely. If you know him vaguely, there's a, there, there's a, there's a position that you're in. You're in a dangerous position. Because knowing him vaguely a lot of times will satisfy people and they'll die and go to hell without him. Now, now watch this. Are you with me? Some people know him vaguely. And then uh, number two, some people know him biblically. Some people know him big, biblically. What do you mean by that, Brother Jack? And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people sitting in here today that know him bib biblically. You see, when you know him biblically, this is what it means. You know stories about him. Write this down. He is a character in the Bible. He's a character in the Bible. He's, he's the guy that you have read stories about in the Bible. He's the guy that you went to vacation Bible school and they told you about Jesus and, and, and you know him biblically. And when you know him biblically, uh, there's a lot of people that's in churches every Sunday that know him biblically. Some of you today, you know him biblically. You know that he, was, uh, he came to this world. You know that. The Bible tells you so. You've studied that since you was a little boy and a little girl and you went to vacation Bible school and they told you stories about him and you read, read stories about him and you begin to realize, oh, this is the Jesus that's in the Bible. He, he healed the sick and he raised the dead. Thank God for that. And he's a miracle-working God. And he, 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 turned the, he fed the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fish. And, and he did all those. And man, God, he, he was amazing. And he walked on water and, and all those things that we read about in the Bible. Man, all of a sudden, remember this, he becomes your superhero that's in the Bible. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a biblical character in the Bible. And, and there's a lot of people that study this biblical character in the Bible, and they, they pride themselves in knowing, man, I'm, I'm smart. I know Bible stories. And, man, there's a lot of people that pursue what we call biblical intellectualism, that, that they want to get smarter and smarter and smarter about the things of the Bible. And, and Billy Graham made a statement years ago. He said that you know that the greatest harvest in the world is sitting in the churches on Sunday morning. And I believe that what's happened in our churches, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to say this, we have become students of the Bible character named Jesus. And we study about him and we hear stories about him and we talk about him and we read about him and some guy gets up and preaches about him and somebody sings about him. But rather, that, that, that's as far as it goes. And I want you to know this. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, in verse number 7, it says this. Then said I, lo, I come in the, in the volume of the book it's written of me to do thy will, O God. You know, listen to me, guys. Look at me, listen to me. This whole Bible, everything in this Bible points to Jesus. Do y'all believe that? Say amen. amen. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, this is how we know him. We know him as a character in this book. And the Bible says, Paul said, you know what? That you can be ever learning and never come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Did you know you can be a theologically smart and spiritually lost? And there's a lot of people in the world today, and there's a lot of people in churches. Listen to me. I can't tell you how, how passionate I feel about this. There's some of you sitting in this building today. You know him biblically. You know him biblically because your mama made you go to church. You know him biblically because you couldn't act up in church because you had a pincher for a mama. And you had to sit there and you had to listen and you had to endure. And you were brought to church. Somebody says, man, I was on drugs from the time I was born because my mama drugged me to church every day, every Sunday. Can I tell you this? You can come to church every time the door is open. You can know, you can, you can do sword drills and Bible drills and know all the right answers and quote the scriptures and tell stories about Jesus and man, just know it from front to back and still die and go to hell. Now I want to tell you, listen to Brother Jackie. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 2, it says, don't you know that the devils believe? What that means is if you were to walk up and talk to a devil, you say, Brother Jack, I already did this morning. Talking about, talking about. Hey, listen, I'm just saying, man, if you were to see a, de a demon or a devil and say, hey, do you believe, do you believe a, this Bible about Jesus? They would say, yes, I do. And they would tremble when you mentioned his name. Can I tell you this, friend? I believe the devil has sold a bill of goods to the church. I believe the devil has sold a bill of goods to people. We think we're doing God a favor when we come to church. We think that we're doing God an honor by just by saying, I'm going to go to church. Can I tell you this? It's not about religion. Religion will kill you. It's not about knowing just scripture, all that stuff. It's not about the legalism of that. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in that we miss the big picture. There's people that know him vaguely. There's people that know him biblically, but God wants to take you to another level, and that is this. He wants you to know him personally. God wants you to know him personally. God, God, God listen, God wants to move you to another place. God, God wants to move you. He wants to get this biblical character that you study about off the pages, and he wants to get him in your heart. You see, what you got to realize is the Bible says in John 17 and verse number 3, and this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. Let's go back to the front of that verse. Jesus in chapter 17 of the book of John says, this is life eternal, that you might know the only true God. By the way, there's only one true God. The Bible says that you are to know the true God, comma, and you are to know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. You see, what you got to do is realize that knowing him is to be introduced to him in a personal way. That, that is a, a way that, that gets beyond here. It gotta, it's got to go from here to here. You, you see, right here... In our minds, we get a lot of facts. We get a lot of stuff. We get a lot of things. But God doesn't want it to just go here. And when God gets Jesus from here to here, that's when he starts to work.
The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God has raised from this, somebody tell me, what's the results? Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What does God want to do with you and me? God wants to move Jesus from the Bible into our hearts so that our lives are changed. Can I get an amen? amen? When I thought about that, I thought, wow, that's what God wants to do. And there's so many people that know him vaguely. There's so many people that know him biblically. Listen to me, I got to tell you this. There's people sitting in this building today that the devil has sold you a bill of goods that you've been in church all your life and you've heard the stories and you've even taught kids the stories. And watch this. You think you're all right, but you're not. God wants you to know him personally. In a personal way. And when you know him personally, he wants to take you to another place for you to know him spiritually. You see, what we got to realize is that Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And when Jesus used that term, he was saying, Nicodemus, you cannot see what I'm going to do in your life unless you're born again. So salvation is the beginning point of knowing him. And when you know him spiritually, what God does at that point, God wants to grow you into that walk with him. How many of you realize and understand what I'm about to tell you? I knew, I know him when I got saved. But man, I'm getting to know him better every step of the way. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? In other words, God takes you from knowing him, watch this, to knowing him. The more I learn, the more I want to learn. The more God reveals to me, the more God, I want God to reveal to me. So God wants to move you from a personal, personally knowing him to spiritually knowing him. And I'm going to tell you, when you, when you get to know him spiritually, ain't nobody got to beg you to go to church. Ain't nobody got to beg you to serve the Lord. There ain't nobody got to beg you to be faithful because you know what? That's what God's doing. He produces something in you to get you to the place that you will know him. Watch this because I'm going to take you somewhere. Are you with me? Amen. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Watch this now. And increasing in the what? Knowledge. knowledge of God. And when you increase in the knowledge of God, guess what happens? You get strengthened with all his might according to his glorious power. You know what that means? That means that the more spiritually you know him, the stronger you're going to get. The stronger you're going to get. In other words, watch me now. You can walk through the valley and you will fear no evil because God's with you. You can walk through the hard times and know that God's with you. It doesn't mean that it's pleasant. But what it does mean is that even though God has assigned you to walk through it, you're getting stronger by the minute. 
And the Bible goes on in the next verse and says this, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the, the Bible says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from, help me church, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what that means? It means that the more you know him, the stronger you get. The more you connect with him, the deeper you go. The more that you understand, the more spiritual muscle you get on you. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you can lift up a standard against him. So that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, that God will condemn. For that is the heritage of the saints of God. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because you know that God is with you. His rod and his staff will comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of, his, of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you know you're going to dwell in the house of God forever. Do you understand that? Say amen. So that when you understand all this, you're just getting to know him better and better and better. And how many of you understand, watch this, sometimes he's got to take you through some hard places so you can learn him better. Sometimes he'll make you walk through a valley so you'll get to know him better. Sometimes he'll chip off some rough edges on you so you'll get to know him better. But the more that you learn, the more that you know him, the better he becomes, the sweeter he becomes. Wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. Got to make it to heaven somehow, amen? The more I know him, the sweeter he gets. So we realize then that God wants you to know him, not vaguely, not biblically, but he wants you to know him what? Personally, so that you will know him spiritually. Are you with me? Say amen. All right, now, when you know him, he takes you into a place. He takes you into a place so that you can give birth to something, so that your, your spirit man will give birth to something that you by yourself cannot produce. So God wants to birth something in you and through you so that you will look and go, man, I know him in the power of his resurrection. So we realize then that knowing him produces the second thing, and that is this, you share in his power. I don't know about y'all, but that's what I want in my life. I want the power of God operative in my life. Can I get an amen? When I look at this, I share in his power. And Philippians 3.10 says that I might know him. Come on, say it with me. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Say it again like y'all mean that, amen. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection. What, what does this power do? Now watch now, this is important. The first, there's three things the power does for you. The power is the power to transform you. In other words, God starts working in you so he can work through you. He wants to transform your life. In other words, he's not going to leave you where he found you. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all are glad of that? Can I get an amen? 
He don't leave you where he found. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not going to leave you where he found you, amen. He's not going to leave you where he found you. I don't know about y'all, but I can just get Baptocostal right there because he found me in a mess. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I thank God he didn't leave me where he found me. Are you, are you glad of that, y'all? That, that God don't leave you where he finds you? Thank God that he don't leave you where he finds you. He transforms you. Now watch this. This is crazy good. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, come on, help me. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are becoming new. Can I get an amen? God, don't leave you where he finds you. When you get in Christ, you're a new creature. You're not who you used to be. Now, you say to me, well, Brother Jackie, I'm a Christian, but you as mean as you've always been. And, and you're just as sorry as you've always been. And, and you think, well, you know what? I can cuss and rant and rave and do all this stuff. And listen, if that don't bother you, something wrong with your salvation. Now, that doesn't mean you don't sin. But what it does mean is when you do sin, God will speak to you about your sin. You can't be comfortable being who you used to be. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, the Bible says that old things are passed away. What does that mean? It means that God's changing me every step of the way. And I like the, 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 the way the scripture teaches us old things are always passing away and all things are always becoming new. In other words, God's transforming me. Man, he's changing my life. And I thank God for that. And the scripture teaches us next, in the next verse, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be you what? Transform. How, y'all? By the renewing of your mind. Now, let's stop right there for a minute. The word don't be conformed to this world means that the world is trying to pressure you. And, and the world's putting pressure from the outside to your life. And all of a sudden you find yourself being formed by the world. And so being conformed means that somebody's pressuring you from the outside. But being transformed means that somebody's doing something on the inside. And rather than the world pushing its way into you, making you look like the world, God is moving in you to transform you from the inside out so that you are not who you used to be. And the Bible says that be not, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, how many of you realize this? Once you're saved, once your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, this is where the battle is always starting. How many of you know the devil knows how to mess with your mind? Can I get an amen? And you've got to get some power in the mind so that you will allow the Spirit to transform you. And the way you do that is get in that Word, let the Word of God speak to you and change your life. So there's power of transformation. And when you get that transformation going on, there's another power, and that is the power to triumph. That is, God will give you a victory. God will give you a victory. Thank God for a God that gives us a victory, amen? When I didn't think I was going to get one, he gave me one. When I didn't think I was going to make it, he helped me make it. When I didn't think I was going to be able to walk through it, he helped me walk through it. When I didn't have enough energy, he gave me strength. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? God gives you power to triumph over the enemy. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be to God, which... Come on now, y'all dying on me here. 
Thanks be to God which how often always causes us to triumph in Christ. Can I get an amen, y'all? Thanks be to God who all make, makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Did y'all hear that? God always causes us to triumph. In other words, I don't know if you want to write this down or not, but you ought to. We win. Amen. I, wrote, I read the back of the book, y'all. We, we come out on top. Can I get an amen? We win. Now, now, when you're in the middle of the war, it don't feel like you're winning. But the Bible says God causes us to always triumph in Christ. You know what? There's power to have victory. Power to have victory. That doesn't mean you don't have to fight through the battle. But I know who won the war. Can I give an amen? amen. So thirdly, God gives us the power to transfer. To transfer. Not only do we have the power to triumph, because how many of you know we got the power of his resurrection? Death couldn't hold him and the grave couldn't keep him. Can I get an amen? So we know that the devil thought he had won, but how many of you understand the devil didn't win? God went up from the grave, he arose. Hallelujah. The devil thought he had him, but he didn't have him. Well, guess what? We got that same power in us. And the Bible says that we get the power to transfer. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, are y'all with me? He ascended into heaven. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. How many of y'all believe that's where he is, right? He, he's not in the grave. Look at your neighbor and say he's not in the grave. He, he, he's, uh, he's been transferred. Well, guess what? For those of us that know him personally, we're going to be transferred too. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Come on now. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Can I get an amen? For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, somebody help me, death is swallowed up in victory. Watch this now. Let's say it together. Oh, death, where is your sting? And oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Come on now. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? And the next verse says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now listen to me, y'all. Listen to me. One day, one day, we know that the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, y'all look at me, y'all look at Brother Jack. You are in a fight. You're in a fight. You're in a war. It's a battle. Can I get an amen? amen. And I'm going to tell you, when you're in a fight and in a war, sometimes it gets tiring. Sometimes you just want to give up. Don't you give up, boy. Don't you give up, Ken. Don't you give up, boy. He's big. I'm going to whoop him if you. I'm, I'm telling you. Don't you give up. 
Because I'm going to tell you, one day God's going to transfer us. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to say goodbye to this world. Do y'all believe that? And one day our bodies, can you imagine this? Can you imagine? Can you imagine this? You just fight the fight, man. You're just hanging on. But you, every step of the way, every step of the way, you've been getting to know him. You've been getting to know him. And you, you, you haven't seen him yet, but you've been getting to know him. The Spirit of God's been speaking to you about him. The Word of God's been speaking to you about him. And man, you've been going from faith to faith. You wanted to give up, all hell's come against you. You wanted to throw in the towel, but you said, I can't. God's Spirit says, hold on. Don't you quit, Jay. Don't you quit, boy. God's Spirit's keep on pushing you, thinking, man, I don't know if I can take another step. God goes, yo, just, just put your foot. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you. I'll carry. If you can't go, I'll carry you. And you just keep on keeping on, keep on knowing him. Keep on knowing him. God, I'm going through a hard time, Lord. I'm going to trust you. i got to know you through this. And he shows himself strong to you. And you get to know this about your God. You get to know this about your God. That when temptation comes your way, he'll make a way of escape. When you get weary, he becomes your strength. When your heart's breaking, he knows how to bind up the brokenhearted. When you cry, he's catching your tears and putting them in a bottle. When you feel like you can't go on, he's hoping, holding you and helping you. When all your friends turn their back on you, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When you lay your head down at night and you think, Dear God, if you could just come on tonight before I wake up, he meets you in the morning. Good morning. My mercies are new every morning. My compassions fail not. He's a good father. And you, the more you know him, the sweeter he gets, don't he? Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. The more you know him, sweet. And then, watch this. They lay you down in that grave and your body is in the grave and your spirit goes to be with the Lord. And he'll say this to you. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, and your faith becomes sight, and you will know him like you've never known him before. And there's people, there's people that know him vaguely, there's people that know him biblically, that in that day they're going to be in a line. And he's going to look at them and say these, two, these words to them, depart from me. I never knew you. But Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we teach in your name? Didn't we help needy people in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? Depart from me. I never knew you. Listen to me. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Now let me ask you a question on the bottom line. How do you know him? How do you know him? Do you know him vaguely? Do, do you know him biblically? Or do you know him personally? 
you know him spiritually? How do you know him? How do you know him? Because I'm going to tell you, when you know him, you won't be the same. I, I hate to tell you this. There's a lot of people sitting in church every Sunday that's going to die and go to hell, and they're going to think I knew him. How do you know him? I'm going to ask you a question today. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Do you want his power in your life? Then you got to know it. Today, in just a moment, I'm going to invite men and women and boys and girls to come to an altar. And if you don't know him in the way I've been talking to you about, today I want you to come to know him before, you, before it's too late. And I'm going to invite ministers to come to this front. If you'll come on, fellas and and I, if you don't know him and you want to know him today, we're going to invite you to come to one of these men and they're going to pray with you. And it's going to take some guts for you to stand up and come down this altar. It's going to take some guts for you to do that. But if I was you, I, I wouldn't worry about what other people thought. I'd be worrying about what he thinks. And I'd come to know him before it's eternally too late. And today, you know... You may want to come and say, God, I do know you as my Savior, but I don't know you spiritually like I should. I, I believe you want to do something with me. I believe you want to birth something in me so you can birth something through me. And God, today I want to ask you, Lord, to help me know you better spiritually so you can transform me and change me and do what you want to do in my life. And that just simply means, believer, you got to, you got to surrender to him. you got to give up that hand that you've been holding on to the world with, you're going to have to let go of that world and grab both hands on to God and sell out to Him. Today, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. And maybe you want to join the church here today. If I wasn't a member, I'd join today. Maybe you want to do that today. We're going to stand and sing together, and I'm going to invite you to come. So you've got to make your choices now what you're going to do. So let's all stand together as we sing together. The altar is open. You come if you'd like to do that. Let's sing together, everybody.